Thank you for tuning in to Cop with Comic. I'm Brian Cop, and we're with Comic Matt Marin. Matt Marin, how the hell are you? Good. Doing all right. Uh, yeah, thank, thank you for you. having me. Oh, yeah. You got to get ready for tonight's uh, Comedy Fight NYC, or... Yeah, we're doing uh, the Outdoor Tour 2020 in uh, the COVID era. We're still doing comedy fight clubs, backyards, rooftops, uh, on the road, <laughs> Philly, New Jersey. Tonight we're on a rooftop in Brooklyn. Yeah, it says live. Yeah, Comedy Fight Club tonight is live from a secret rooftop location. So do, do they DM you for details? Uh, yes, DM me or uh, our producer, Mike Harrington, anyone involved with the show, and we can give you the details of where they are. I believe this is coming out after this live show will have happened but the one after that is actually friday night september 11th which is the five-year anniversary of comedy fight club <laughs> 9 11 is the anniversary yeah uh five <laughs> years ago we did a roast show on 9 11 thinking it would be funny didn't know it was going to continue to be a weekly <laughs> show for five years but now it's our anniversary well happy anniversary thank you but and that one's might... also in uh brooklyn and yeah dm me or anyone involved with the show for details to come out for that one yeah and so yeah i mean we're going to be able to see all this you know like upcoming things you're uh real matt Marin at both instagram and twitter um but does a comedy fight club also have its own page or no yes it's at comedy fight nyc on instagram and twitter yes. yeah i thought i thought that's what it was but yeah. even tonight's thing which won't be out um i think this episode will be out on tuesday but uh as as recording this september 5th you have quite the the bill i think adam gable is in there as former guest and also what leonardo joni ethan victor and, and you know so how do you kind of pick who goes against who because uh, i'm looking so, at this other thing and you yeah. had what was the other thing i mean you had fucking did you had john marco serezi versus bonnie q harris that's the one coming up uh, on the anniversary show, September 11th. Yep. What? How the fuck did you put them two together? So that one, actually, I do a lot of the booking for my producer, Mike Harrington, does a lot of it. That one, actually, it's a part of Fifth Borough Comedy Festival. So the people putting together the Fifth Borough Comedy Festival actually booked all the undercard battles for that one. So the Bonnie Harris versus John Marco, that was the whole Staten Island crew in the Fifth Borough Comedy Festival who put that match up together. Yeah, my lord. And so typically, though, you're the person matching it up, though. Uh, me and Mike Harrington kind yeah, of do it together. So uh, it's usually years, not the Staten Island uh, comedy yeah. festival, but people who are putting these things together. And so, yeah. like, would, I don't want to throw anybody under the bus, but would you have typically, I know you will have booked Bonnie Q. Harris and John Marco Serezi because they're both hilarious and former guests, but would you have pitted them against each other? Possibly. I mean, uh, it's uh, so for years, I was just booking it on my own. Once we got on Gas Digital, I kind of delegated a lot of that to uh, Mike Harrington. But I would a lot of times I would I reach out to people who I think are funny, who I think could do well in rows, who've done it before, who I think would be fun matchups. And yeah, I'll, sometimes I'll in my head be like this versus this person could be a fun or interesting matchup. So I'll go through like stalk people on Instagram and Facebook, see who's friends with who. So yeah. I don't put two complete strangers that up against each other. Because <laughs> they got to uh, research yeah. each other and shit to know yeah. what to uh, insult. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> a lot of it a lot of it is also based on uh, what I think would make for a fun overall show. Because sometimes there's maybe one person who on their own maybe isn't that funny. But I think if I match them up with this person, their dynamic together would be very funny. So there's a lot of little things like that I'll think about. And then other times it's just last second and I need someone and I'm reaching out and I'll just put 
any two people who are willing to face each other because I'm scrambling at the last second. So yeah. it really is. There's not that much rhyme or reason to it. Yeah, and you probably can't even predict. I mean, like you can try to predict whether or not something's going to be a good matchup, but you won't know till it's done. Right. Exactly. Yeah. And so have you ever done a tournament of champions? Because I thought Luke Gralia won his fight and I thought Malcolm Sills won his. So I was wondering if you'd ever pit somebody like Luke Gralia against Malcolm Sills because they yeah. both won. Yeah. So you have a tournament so. of champions, I guess, is the question. So we uh, that was the way we had always done the show. When we first started it, uh, in order to book matchups, we would just get 32 people and do a bracket. And once okay. that one would end, we would start another one and another and another. And uh, once we were at the stand and on Gas Digital, it... Uh, we kind of there were less battles overall, so we still did do a couple of tournaments. Um, we haven't done one in about a year, but I think we were up to like the twenty second tournament that we had. Oh my and Lord. Uh, but yeah, we would usually do it, and then the winner would face the comedy Fight Club champion. And what the, uh, what the previous tournaments champion would would face so, the winner of the bracket uh, of this one. So it was like the first, the winner of the first tournament was our comedy fight club champion. Then the winner of the next tournament got to face that champion. Yes. And if they kept going and we would do things like number one contenders matches, uh, few years ago early early days of fight club josh paladini said he wanted a title match and he would put his long hair on the line and if he lost we would cut <laughs> his hair so i was like all right yeah i'll put that on he didn't have to win a tournament he just had to risk his hair and yeah we <laughs> we cut off his ponytail live in front of the crowd we had, it's uh you know i try and i keep it a little bit pro wrestling so it's like you know yeah. at any time anything can happen yeah, like, so do you ever, like, so in those big cases where, you know, maybe one tournament's champion will face off against the next one, do you hype it up or can you hype it up with wrestling style promos where they're talking shit in advance? Yeah, of course. Every, uh, if they want to film or record anything, they're free to. But every single yeah. time I call it the most prestigious prize in all of entertainment, the Comedy Fight Club <laughs> Championship. <laughs> yeah, because I see here you had Isabel Hagen and Mia Faith Hammond, and that must have been like a just a behemoth of the the behemoth comedians facing off. That's amazing. Yeah, that was a lot of year about a year or so ago, and uh, yeah, I've been dig during the quarantine when we've all had a lot more time. I dug through some old clips and uh, recorded, got a few like little MP4s trying, and I'm gonna try and upload a few of my favorite old comedy Fight Club moments. Wow, yeah, that's great, man. You just you just have the fucking archive. I love that shit. Yeah. Um, wow, I'm just second thinking of the possibilities, and it. it sounds like you've you've explored a lot of them, and so the whole guest digital. Um, you know, at what point did Gas Digital enter the kind of the scene or the equation? And, you know, how did your programming change? Like, did it coincide with you being huge or did it kind of give, you know, expose you to an even bigger audience? Um, so it definitely exposed us to more of an audience. It was uh, so Gas Digital had Roastmasters. And there was also the Roast Battle show that had come over from L.A. that was at New York Comedy Club. And while those two shows were going on and the Roast Battle show on Comedy Central was coming up. So it was a lot of people doing those shows who either had TV credits or were working comics trying to get another TV credit. But there was nothing for kind of lower level comics. And that was where kind of Comedy Fight Club came out of was basically an open mic roast battle. Yeah. And uh, then eventually, as we kept doing it the bigger shows, Roast Battle and Roast Masters, they started reaching out to us because the show wasn't on the air anymore. It was harder to get people, and they still wanted people. And we had talent who had been roasting for two or three years at that point. <laughs> 
So I would yeah, get, it's just like the minor leagues. Like if you have the yeah, yeah. The, the minor league wrestling league, it's like the cream rises to the, to the top, and you're like, hey man, yeah, buy us out because there's these these couple fucking wrestlers who've been um, just rocking and rolling for three years, and they're happy to make the leap. Yeah, I kind of uh, I always thought because I would have people who would do the other. I did the other shows also, and I always had more fun at Comedy Fight Club. And I had other people tell me, yeah, the shows at the clubs are like the shows you want to be on where you can like get to know people on, but comedy fight club is like the more fun. So I always felt that it was like the old Monday night wars and wrestling. There was WWE and WCW. Then it was the underground ECW. That was the real cool one. And yeah. that's where I was. That's what my mindset was for comedy fight club. Let's be like the underground <laughs> blood and guts real where it gets real. My Lord. And I, I, I think I love the possibilities of this, but I've always expressed a little iffiness about roasting itself. And so, you know, you know, I, I think you were a wrestler back in the day and yeah. and maybe that informed your decision to get into it. But other than just loving, you know, the fucking wrestlers, you know, doing the promos and then actually seeing the match like, you know, are you generally good at roast? Are, are you generally a fan of them? Or, you know, if somebody like me comes along and thinks it's just a little bit mean. <laughs> <laughs> like, you know, how, how can you appeal to an audience member like me? It's like, dude, they're just kind of cutting each other down. This isn't building each other up. What? Um, so, I mean, I, well, I would, first of all, I mean, I do realize roasting is not for everybody. So I'm not necessarily, if somebody doesn't like roasting, I'm not going to go out of my way to try and fight necessarily to get them to watch. So, like, it may just be a thing they don't like. That's perfectly yeah. fine also. Okay. Um, I do think... Um, I've I always kind of had a mean, sarcastic sense of humor. I grew up in Queens. I got made fun of as a kid, and when I made fun of the other kids back, we got along, and that was how I made a lot of friends growing up. And Queens <laughs> is very Queens is very diverse. So I'm Jewish. I would have kids make Jewish jokes about me. I remember there was an Indian kid I went to high school with who would make fun of me every Christmas because I wouldn't be able I wasn't able to celebrate. And uh, <laughs> one year he every just, Christmas like clapper. Yeah, yeah, I need to make fun of Matt Marin today. Yeah, I remember one year he was bullying me and just saying that I uh, saying like, uh, "Where are you going to get your menorah this year?" And he was Indian, so I said, "Does your dad Seven Eleven sell any?" And he laughed, and all the other kids laughed. And he's like my closest friend from high school, one of the only people I still keep in contact with. And just that was a lot of my growing up was everyone kind of making fun of each other and not that maybe as kids, I don't think you necessarily know if you're being malicious or not. I think kids are just trying to figure stuff out. But to me, it was like a growing experience. And to me, it made me feel more alike people by oh, we all make fun of our differences and we don't actually look down at each other. So I kind of grew up with that. I loved the comedy central roasts growing up, everyone making fun of each other, but they're all laughing and having a good time for the most part. Um, but yeah. yeah, so when I wanted to do a roast even before I had like gotten into stand up, I got into pro wrestling, <laughs> and uh, you get into stand up yeah. to do roast. That's fucking yeah. Funny. I mean, <laughs> it was I I was doing stand up about three years or so before I did a roast. But my style when I first started was very uh, like I was a good joke writer. I did a lot of one liners, so roasting kind of came naturally to me, and that I had kind of a sarcastic sense of humor, and I was a good joke writer. Yeah. And uh, so I started doing that. I would do the ones at the stand in New York Comedy Club and some of the YouTube videos uh, that went up from Roastmasters got tens of thousands of views. So I was known to a lot of the guest digital and roast fan audience. So then at a certain point, they uh, they didn't want it. They weren't doing roast. going to do Roastmasters anymore. And most of their lineup were comedy fight club people anyway. So they had been coming and hanging out at the show. That was it was like three or about three years or so in where. I look in the back of the room and at Comedy Fight Club in the basement on the Lower East Side, and Michael Che is hanging out watching. 
Yeah, and I guess I guess the, that's the question. Like, you know, you, you're big enough now where I would think that certain comedians who might hate roasting will join your show because they want to get on your show, not because yeah. they enjoy roasting. And so I'm seeing people like Ethan Victor versus Claire Alexander, and I'm like, to me, these people are the gentlest of souls that I love <laughs> as guests. Like, how are these people, you know, being vicious at each other's expense? And that's the, the question is also is there anything that's off limits where the, where the crowd goes, ouch, you know? Um, I think if, uh, I don't think anything is off limits, but I do think that there are times where people go for something and miss. And if <laughs> you know, you are playing with fire when you're doing yeah. jokes about offensive topics, which I love my whole mindset is I won't ever tell anyone what they can or can't do. If someone goes for something and it doesn't work, I'm going to make fun of you and tell you you're a fucking idiot. <laughs> so, <laughs> That's what the whole thing of the show is. Like, go for anything, try anything. Um, but, you know, if you miss, you miss. And we're going to let you bomb. We have judges there who will tell you you bombed. And it's going to hurt. Oh, um, as yeah. Far as, yeah, as far as uh, nice, I don't think people who are actually mean are good at roasting. So oh. I think it takes, a, it takes a level of empathy to be able to make dark stuff funny. Oh. So I do think, uh, I don't, uh, I mean, I don't, say this a lot because it could ruin my reputation but i think of myself as a nice guy <laughs> uh, i think i'm generally nice i have a mean sense of humor and yeah. uh but i think most people know that i don't mean a lot of the stuff i say and for the most part when you have this whole the whole concept of the show is it's a roast i say up top it's gonna get mean it's gonna be offensive but we're all here to have fun so yeah, yeah, something the- like ethan and claire are nice people but they know this is a time that they can get vicious and it won't be seen as them actually being vicious. Gosh. So, and so, yeah, before we get into judging, I want to explore that point you just said, which is the whole, you think people with empathy are better at making dark stuff funny. And like, can you give me an example? And why do you think that's the case? Like, I don't want to put you on the spot, but just like, why does empathy play a role? Well, I mean, just in comedy in general, whenever you're well, making fun that, of, yeah. yeah, when you're making fun of something, and every every joke is agitating in some way, whether it's about airline food or the Holocaust, you're like yeah. the formula is similar, yeah. Um, and uh, yeah, I don't think if you're actually bullying someone or actually saying I really hate this thing, uh, even if it's something like airline food, if you're actually, if you seem at the person on stage actually seems angry at airline food, it won't be funny. They're poking uh, fun at it and they're kind of, it's coming from a good place. Yeah. So when I'm on stage saying the Holocaust didn't happen uh, <laughs> or something like that, yeah. Uh, yeah, I don't, people don't think I actually, they know that I'm saying a provocative thing. It's yeah. uh, just a ridiculous thing. It's more absurdity than anything. But if so you were I, kind of a vicious soul, you'd be ranting about about Jews and how the Holocaust is fake, and people would be like, "Dude, I'm I'm believing that this is not really a character. I'm believing that you're fucking crazy." Exactly. And they won't they won't laugh. They'll just fucking yeah. leave. If somebody actually believed the Holocaust didn't happen, was making jokes about the Holocaust not happening. Mel Gibson's never said a funny thing about the Holocaust <laughs> because he actually, like, he's actually <laughs> trying to make points there. That's hilarious. What a perfect example. Right on the spot. And I, I guess that's the big thing. Like, you need to, I mean, do you need to be good on the spot? Like, what, what's, the, what's the kind of format? You know, and, and also try to touch on the judging too. But it's like I'm gonna I'm gonna talk shit about this person, and then that person goes. And is there a retort a retort that rewards you know thinking on your feet like a, a rap battle or something where it's like oh shit this person just said all this stuff and I'll get more points if I touch on shit they just said because it's like it's like crowd work. People think I made it up on the spot. 
Yeah. So the judging process isn't uh, very scientific. It's not very scientific here. We, uh, <laughs> we, for years, we always just had the crowd vote determine the winner. And now once we got at the stand on Guest Digital, we had access to bigger names. And uh, I like the format of the Roastmaster show where they would have a panel of judges and they're usually comics who uh, are a little bit further along or have a lot more experience doing the roasts already. But we still have the crowd vote counts for one vote, and then we go to our judges. And yeah, so sometimes you'll have, you know, I usually people know who they're going to face several days or a week or so in advance, maybe sometimes a little longer, so you can prepare the jokes. And also for, like, me and I know other people like this, when I would go into a roast battle, I know there's a very good chance someone's going to make a joke about me having been a wrestler. There's yeah. a good chance someone's going to make a joke about the fact that I had brain surgery, the fact that I wear sleeveless shirts. So you can prepare rebuttals <laughs> and almost like get a little ready. I faced somebody. And you're once, you're uh, baiting them into it. You're like, I'm going yeah. to wear this sleeveless shirt because I need them to say this because then I could say X, Y, and Z. Yes, exactly. <laughs> um, I do know. What if you uh, wore sleeve, sleeves that day? Like you would fuck up their joke, could, but you'd also yeah, fuck I up could, your reports. Yeah. Someone yeah. who looks a certain way, if they completely dress down or there was uh, a few <laughs> weeks ago. At uh, one of the shows, it was Ilya Laxon versus Dan Abraham. They're two. Of, those are two of our best battlers. And okay. Dan Abraham usually wears glasses, and so Ilya brought a pair of glasses, and and Dan wasn't wearing them. So he says to Dan on stage, "Can you put these glasses on? Because I wrote all these jokes as if you were wearing them." <laughs> and he puts them on. As soon as he does, Ilya goes, "All right, you fucking nerd." <laughs> Dude, I love that. And I love that he was game enough to put them on. Yeah. Because you, you probably got to laugh with that, with the whole, oh, shit, I just wrote some shit. Can you put the glasses on? I love that. But she brought glasses along? Yeah. Uh, he brought them for oh, his opponent. Yeah. So my mentality with all the roasts is um, I've never cared if I won or lost. I cared more about it being a great battle. Yeah. So if somebody, like, wants me, like, I'll always play along. I would never, like not wear a sleeveless shirt in hope like in hopes that I fuck up the other person. Cause it is a team effort. I think yeah. some of the first roast battles I would see they treat them almost like boxing or UFC fights. And uh, I think pro wrestling is more the way to go where it's two people kind of working together to put on a show for the crowd. Cause if you win and your opponent does bad, it's not as memorable of a battle. Yeah. And so do you think people coordinate ahead of time? Like if they if they are of the mind that you are, which is, of course, the right mind, because you've done this thousands of times. But like or do you encourage them to be like, you guys might want to work together on this so that it's a better show? Or do you think everybody goes in it, you know, and does not work together thinking that the other assuming that the other person is the enemy? Um, I think different people have different ways. I never tell anyone uh, one way or the other. I've done battles before where the other person was like, let's coordinate. And we each wrote our own jokes and then sat down and kind of planned out which ones would go after which ones together. That Did was the work, only work time. Well? I, think, I don't think that's common, um, okay. but I had no problem doing that. And uh, yeah, I think overall for the most part, I think people are rooting for their opponent to do well, just not as well as them. <laughs> I think that's <laughs> but, usually what people are thinking. But it's also like com comedians are so selfish. They're like, yeah, it would put on a better show for the audience if we prepared ahead of times. But some of the fun in it is going in there naked. Like yeah, going in there sure. being like, this could fucking really go bad, and that's why it's funny. And because they're, you know, they're kind of selfish, they're like, I'm not going to put on a better show. I want there to be risk. I want there to be danger. But yeah. we follow all this shit. I love the fact, I mean, you're bringing some of these fucking great comedians together, and I love the fact that you're doing it. And we can stay tuned to all this shit at Real Matt Marin across all social. And yeah. then um, the Comedy Flight Club NYC is the Facebook page. Yep. Uh, it's the uh, Twitter and Instagram, and on Facebook, there is also a Comedy Fight Club Facebook page. Okay. And then, you know, like tonight's battle with, you know, Adam Gable, et cetera, like, 
you know, you said that shows up on Gas Digital on Tuesday. Where do they uh, where do they consume Wednesday. their product? Yeah. So yes. it's on Wednesday nights at 10:30 p.m. So Gas Digital Network. It's a subscription service, but if you don't subscribe, you can still watch the shows live. Subscribe. If you subscribe, you can get the entire catalog, Comedy Fight Club, and all the other shows on the network. Legion of Skanks uh, and Godfrey, we trust uh, all the shows that they have. And uh, but if you don't subscribe, you can still go to the website and hit watch live Wednesday night at ten thirty. You can watch Comedy Fight Club there, and it also comes out as a podcast each weekend, every Saturday night, Sunday morning. You can listen to the show each week as well. Dude, fuck yeah! And those gas digital people—they need to realize that you know you can fight without actually fighting, because because they recently got into some fisticuffs with audience members, didn't they? Um. Oh, the big Jay Ogerson thing. Yeah, I mean, he that got was on stage, was, right? Yeah, that was someone coming up to the stage wow. and pulling him down, and then <laughs> they were like, "All right, we're, uh, we'll fight back." Yeah, that wasn't necessarily fisticuffs, but I mean, yeah. I should. Uh, Louis J. Gomez will get himself into plenty of fisticuffs as well. <laughs> <laughs> but I love that comedy Fight Club is on Gas Digital. That seems to make a little bit of sense. Of course, yeah. We did. Uh, yeah, when they do their festival, we did it at Skank Fest the uh, uh, last year. Full uh, ballroom, 200 people all chanting AIDS because they know Comedy Fight Club loves that. <laughs> <laughs> chanting AIDS is something that Comedy Fight Club loves. I love that so much. Matt Marin, thank you so much for coming on. Awesome. Thanks for having me.